have been doing a, a series here on uh, being a church on a mission, being a church on a mission, and not just being a church on a mission, but um, being a people on a mission as well, being a people on a mission as well. And um, I have the privilege of being uh, here tonight with you. And if you want to hear a, a sermon on holiness, come next week, because I'm here again next week. Uh, now that I'm official, Mark, he's putting me to work now. And so <laughs> not sure where he is, but I'm here in the next two weeks, but I could not be happier. Um, yeah, you know, I've been really just thinking about this whole mission thing and um, I think it's so important that we recognize that this is like an everyday thing, our whole life thing, something that we want to continue. So uh, I'm not sure if we'll just keep the series going for a decade, but we ultimately just want to make sure that we're always mission-minded. And um, I uh, want to talk to us tonight about being a disciple. And uh, the, the title uh, tonight is called Disciple DNA. Disciple DNA. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the mission and things that the mission touches in life and what we want to accomplish. And it's so important that uh, we look to ourselves, too, to see where we're at, to see, you know, how we're walking and if we're engaged in this mission. And the Christian is to be on a mission and we're supposed to be on purpose. It's supposed to be on purpose, you know. I um, have always been like really interested in Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs, you know, they go through some incredible stuff, these guys, incredible stuff, they go through their first week of training is something called Hell Week, where uh, there's very minimal sleep, everybody's screaming at you, it's basically like having a newborn, you know, for those moms out there, that's pretty much, you know, hand in hand, and usually that weans the fellas out. And whoever's left, you know, they're really, really dedicated. You know, they've given up everything um, for this mission, for these missions, you know. And when they're on a mission, that is the most important thing. They leave behind hobbies and friends and you name it, and they are very mission-focused, you know, and it's on purpose. They don't go on a mission by accident. It's well thought through. It's well planned, and they've made the decision to commit to it. Another thing is like climbing Mount Everest. I'd love to do this. Mind you, I had trouble walking up a hill today around my house, so I might have to plan a bit more uh, to do that one. Uh, but these folks, you know, they plan for years for this trip. They, they save their money, and they, they calculate everything, and they do it on purpose. And they're, they, they've thought it through. They've considered the risks, and they said, you know what? I'm still going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. It's an awesome thing. And whether it's a big mission, you know, or a small mission, say, you know, you're just about asleep and your wife asks you to get a glass of water because she's kind of scared to go down and her hair's wet, like that kind of mission. You even have to do those missions on purpose and willingly, right? So, you know, these things that we, we really have to calculate and think about our Christian life. And in fact, Christ, he taught that, didn't, didn't he? He said, you know, consider the cost. He said, no one builds a building without first sitting back and, and estimating what the cost is going to be. He says, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a, a lifelong commitment. It's going to be something that doesn't happen on accident. It's something that you're going to be engaged in and go on this mission 
on purpose. And, and that's something in the Bible that we talk about is, is discipleship. It's discipleship. You know, it's, it's simply living a life knowing God, allowing him to be Lord of your life. And, you know, to say, I will follow and I will live for you, God. Walking out every day with him as our Lord, our Savior, our guide, our helper, our comforter, and our friend. You know, it's that submission to him. And, you know, Jesus said to those who were not his disciples, he said things like, he said, come, come unto me. He said things like, follow me. He said things like, deny yourself and take up your cross. He said things like, do this, listen, build your life like this. These were all commands and, and things to draw us to live a life for him. And then what, when he saw all these disciples, what did he say to them? He said, follow me. He said, follow me. You know, the disciples, they were average men. They didn't, uh, you know, Jesus, he didn't go into a temple. He didn't go into a church. And he said, okay, who's got the best attendance here? Who's got the, the, the best family here? He said, okay, come with me. He didn't choose his disciples from them. He went out and he chose fishermen. He chose tax collectors like accountants. Kind of nasty accountants though, weren't they? And uh, different, just average, regular folks. He went out and he said, follow me, follow me. And what's really interesting to me is when he did that, you know, some of them were just living their lives. They were literally working, some of them. And what did they do? They dropped their nets. They stopped what they were doing and they followed him. Like they had a moment there to recognize, okay, you know, whatever it was that was drawing them to this man who said, follow me, they didn't want to miss out on that. They knew there was something of substance, you know, whether it was in his eyes or something. And he said, they dropped the net, said, I will, I will follow you. They left their family, they left their friends, they picked up their stuff, and they went. And through them, the Lord built his church. Through them, the Holy Spirit set the world on fire, saving men and women from all over the planet, all different walks of life. And he built his church which the gates of hell did not prevail and will not prevail against. Amen? And so it's awesome that these, these average men, they were called out. And, you know, God is calling each of us. His message to us is, follow me, follow me. You know, it's, a, it's something that we all have to consider in, our, in a moment and say, I will, I will. They left their hobbies, their ambitions, and he changed them forever. And he did awesome things through them and in them and many things from their former lives passed away passed away so tonight being that it's disciple dna i've broken down dna into acronyms so fancy that are hopefully going to help us think about you know the makeup of of a disciple and uh, i'm going to start off with an interesting one and um it's d is dead dead if you grab your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, we'll get into God's Word tonight. Second Corinthians 5, 14. I'm just going to pray, okay? God, we just thank you for this night. 
We thank you for this moment in our lives where we can gather here today, Lord. And God, I pray that you just bless the reading of your word, that you would anoint it, Lord. Holy Spirit, that you would be here and do a work in each of us, God. Tonight we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we look at dead. Dead is such an interesting thing. You know, the Bible says that we are dead in our sin. We're dead in our trespasses. And what that means is that we are disconnected from God. We have no knowledge of him. We have no personal knowledge of him, though we might have knowledge up here. We don't have what they call a heart knowledge of him. We're living apart from him. His light, his living water is not nourishing our soul, and nor can it that we haven't been born again through his Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what it's like. Because this concept of, of being dead in our sin and trespasses, it might be a little bit fuzzy, you know, for us. It, it's a kind of a big thing to wrap our heads around. So um, this summer, we grew a garden. And in this particular garden was a bunch of tomatoes. And out of nowhere, this sunflower grew. And the thing was monstrous. It was like the Shaquille O'Neal of sunflowers. It just kept growing and growing and growing and it was awesome. We got so much rain this year, it just took off. Uh, it was big. It was beautiful. And when we got the tomatoes we wanted, I kind of, to be honest, I stopped watering the garden after that. You know, I didn't really care about the sunflower. It was great. But anyway, so I stopped watering this thing, and it turned into the saddest sunflower you've ever seen. Its big, glorious head just each day came down, came down, came down, until it was just a sad mess out there, really, you know? And if you think about that, the reverse is true when we don't know the Lord, when we're dead in our sin. Here we are with our heads down in the dirt looking, and we're not even doing what we've been created to, to do, which is glorify God. But what happens is when we connect with the Lord, when we come to him, his living water comes into our life and we slowly break free and we, we grow brilliantly and we connect with the son, we connect with the father and it's literally the difference between life and death. I'm just going to read here um, 2 Corinthians 5.14. It says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and, ra and was raised for them. Our old lives... It's an interesting thing to think about, our old lives. You know, I would assume that most of us here today would consider ourselves Christians if we're in this church. And the next question, I guess, would be, is everybody here a disciple? Is a disciple. You know, when we get baptized, we're up here in, in the water and we're publicly saying, I'm ready to follow Christ. And that beautiful symbol of a baptism is when we go down in the water. And in that moment, it's a picture of our old life coming to an end. We're dead and we're raised up when we're baptized to a new life, a new life in Christ. And that old life is buried and we're risen to new life in Christ to live a life of obedience to him, 
obedience to him. You know, it's really cool about those sunflowers. When they're grown, they face the east and they follow the sun. They follow the sun. And that's what we're called to do, living a life of obedience to Christ. We're, we're follow, following the sun. You know, in our old lives, you know, I've experienced this um, in my own life. And, um, you know, you don't have to have a crazy story to have an old life. You really don't. You just have to have a life without Christ, and that's your old life. You don't have to have a bunch of wild stories or anything like that. Maybe you do. But um, the old life is just my life when I didn't know Christ. I remember when I was coming back to the Lord, and um, there was just a a point in my life where I said, you know what, i got to make some changes in my life, and I'm going to go for this, and I'm going to give you my all, Lord. I'm going to live for you. And it was a real 180, you know? It was, just, I was, it was just a real 180. And by God's grace and his power with me in that, was able to do it. But I remember sitting uh, for dinner with somebody, somebody close to me, and they were worried about me. You imagine that? They were worried about me because they were wondering why I wasn't going to the same places anymore. They were wondering why I wasn't doing all the old things that I had been doing. And we were actually out for dinner, and they very seriously said to me, Zach, i got to ask you a question. I said, yeah, go ahead. And they said, are you suicidal? <laughs> and I thought, whoa, I was not expecting that. And really, this is the, that's the last thing on my mind right now with where I'm at. And, um, but I thank the Lord and all the glory to him that that change was so evident that all that old life, it just fell off. It just fell off, and God was doing something new in me. And that's God's plan for each of us. That's his desire for each of us, that we would recognize um, the way we've been living, and we would repent and turn to him. And that old life we would recognize is, is gone, is gone. And you know what? There's, there's power in that. There's power in that because, you know, we're just people. We're just people. And with, with the Lord's help, we're redeemed but, you know, the enemy loves to, to remind us of where we've been. He loves to remind us of the mistakes that we've made. You know, I love Dave Ramsey. He's always uh, telling it how it is. And um, one thing he said was really cool. He said, you know, that's why our rearview mirror is so small in the car. And that's why our windshield is so big, because we're looking out at everything that's coming, everything that God has for us. And yeah, we have that little rear view that we can look back and learn from our mistakes and everything, but we know we're not going back there. That's our old life that's in the past. We're going on to everything that God's called us for and has for us. Amen? Amen. So our old life it's put away, and thank God he did it, you know, and it's so important that we get that in our minds. It's a promise. It's the truth. You know, God's our biggest fan. He's our biggest fan. He's our redeemer. He's our savior, and he's our biggest fan. He wants us to be growing. He wants us to live a holy life. He wants us to, uh, to be mature in him, and he wants to use us to do awesome things um, to those around us and on his mission, right? And, and it's so important that we remember you know what, those things in my life, those, those thoughts, that mentality, those different things, that I'm, I'm dead to that. You know, that, that's my old life. And you know what, you know, I'm sure we've all been in a church where they've done like an altar call. And they've, they've you know, said, would anybody here like to follow Christ? 
with with all eyes closed and heads bowed, right? Put your hands up if you've been in a in a meeting. Nobody. Okay, maybe we'll have one tonight then. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> of course, right? And you know what? I like that because you know it's important I think to have a specific time that you know what you know it might not be perfect it might not be you know whatever but it was a specific time where I said you know what I'm making the decision I'm going to go for it I'm going to commit to this it's not going to be perfect there's going to be bumps along the way but I'm going to go for this Lord and 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 we do and and by his grace we go through it all you know it's a beautiful thing you know, when I got, um, when I met my beautiful wife and I asked her to marry me, you know, could you imagine if she says, okay, sounds good. I'll see you once a week and you can talk to me on the phone twice. That would not have lasted too long, I imagine, you know, and that's not what I was asking her. I was saying, hey, I want you to change your life and I want you to come live with me and we're going to have a new life together. And that's what God is asking each of us. He's saying, hey, I've made a way for you to be right with me. I sent my son who got on a cross and died and said, believe, deny yourself, and follow me. And the truth is we simply, we do or we don't. We do or we don't. It's kind of an unpopular message, but it's so important to think about this. Just remember, as we wrestle with stuff like this, that Jesus says, my, my burden is light. My burden is light, you know. It can be intimidating to think up, ah, oh, man, you know, I got to, what do you mean? I got to stop hanging out with friends. I got to stop watching this. I got to stop doing this. Like, what do you mean? You know, I can't think of anything that I've given up for his namesake that I haven't been so blessed by, to be honest. You know, he is the redeemer, and he teaches us how to live a redeemed life, you know. It's a beautiful thing. When we come to obey the Lord, Man, we really get close in knowing him when we're living a life of obedience. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that's our D in the DNA chromosome. And next up we have uh, N, which brings us to new, new. We get really um, into some awesome stuff here. And one of my favorite preachers of another generation, he was quoted in saying this. He said, Jesus did not come into the world to make bad men good He came into the world to make dead man live. Isn't that awesome? That is good stuff. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 17, it says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. The new life has begun. You know, one thing that changes when you come to Christ is we stop seeing things the way we saw them before. We stop seeing things the way we saw them before. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he was um, on the Damascus Road... And Jesus um, revealed himself to him in a brilliant light and said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And we all know that Paul went blind for a little bit after that. And I heard a really cool thing that when Paul regained his sight, 
He never saw things the same ever again, did he? He saw things that were of eternal value. He saw the mission. He seen everything that was important. He didn't see the way he saw before. And that's one thing that happens to us when we commit and we say, God, I want to follow you. And we, we come to know him and live a life of obedience. We stop seeing things the way we did before. And, and one awesome thing is how we view Jesus has changed, as it says here. It says, you know, we've stopped evaluating others from a, from a point of view. You know, we, we've stopped seeing people as our, our problems and different things, and we need to start seeing them as what's eternally valuable in them, what's eternally valuable. And it says, at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. You know, when you don't know the Lord, or especially, you know, people who reject the Lord are nonbelievers, they see him much differently than we do, don't we? When you come to the Lord and whether you have an experience of him or his truth grips you, you start seeing Jesus in a totally different way. This new life has opened your eyes to who he is and who God really is. It's an awesome, awesome thing. You know, verse 17 is really um, speaks to me. It says, that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And that old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's a crazy thing. That's a crazy thing. You know, I was so blessed by Frank's uh, testimony here last week. If you weren't here for that, it is online. And it was an incredible thing. And um, when all that was happening, I was, I was chatting with uh, some of his family and people around him. And they said, I don't know what happened, but he's a different person. He's a different person. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty great. That sounds cool. You know, I didn't know him really or the story, but that's awesome, you know. And may, may God say that about all of us. May God say that about all of us. May people say, you know, I don't know what happened to them, but they're a different person. That is the Lord. That is the Lord. That, that doesn't come from positive mindsets or awesome memes that make you really think or self-help books that only comes from God and what he does he's the only one that has living water and true life in him you know what's really cool too is that um you know when you think about God sometimes he seems so far away you don't really know him you know kind of not not familiar with him and and that and it reminded me of when I worked at Stelco. There was this guy, and his locker was uh, like a cross from mine. And we would change at the same times. And I don't know, he used to give me some dirty looks or something, you know. He'd be like, why are you looking over here? And this went on for like a couple years, you know. And I was like, I don't know, I guess I was, you shouldn't smile in the change room maybe. That's probably, that's probably uh, what it was. But anyways, I can't help it. But uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah, you can't make friends in there. Anyways, so it's all making sense now. Anyways, but anyways, he transferred to my department, and we became such good buddies, such good buddies. And it was so weird to me how this stranger, who we didn't really get along, and now we're just such good buddies, you know? And I, I feel like the same is true when we come to the Lord. It's like he's been distant, he's been out here, and we come to know him, and it's like we're like best friends, he is my father. He's my shepherd. He's my savior. Can anyone relate to that? <laughs> Me too. So we have this new life. You know, when temptations come, when hardships come, you know, it's important to know, man, I am a new creation and, and things are going to be different. You know, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be things come. There's a biblical wor word that is, um, it's called un unregenerate. 
unregenerate. And it describes someone who, <clears throat> excuse me, um, who is still in their old life. You know, they haven't been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And um, God has incredible plans for us. You know, he makes all things work together for, for his good. And, um, you know, it can, be, it can be hard. It can be hard as a, as a Christian, you know. And I think, like, so often these verses, they wash over us, you know. We, we read them and, and we think about them for a second. But when, when you're in the trenches, you know, when you've really committed to the Lord and whether you have personal things that you're struggling with or family things come up and you're tempted to act a certain way, think a certain way, all these things, you know, um, God, he's there with us. He's there with us, and, and he's, he's there to encourage us. That's why it's so important to, uh, to know him and, and, and have the Holy Spirit living in your life to encourage us, to, to guide us. You know, it's an, it's an awesome thing to have, and, and it's important not to get caught up in our past mistakes you know, learn from them. But, but like the Dave Ramsey said, like, if you driving, looking in your rear view, you're going to crash. You got to keep your head up. You got you to say, you know what? God's got a plan. He's got great things. And it's not going to be perfect, but I'm, I got a new life and I'm, I'm moving forward. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know, it's so funny because so often we can be our, our worst enemies. You know, myself, folks I've talked to, you know, we just can't get through some stuff. You know, and God knows that. And he wrote in Psalm 103, he says, look, this is how it is. I don't know if he said it like that, but he wrote, <laughs> as far as the east is from the west, so far that does he remove our transgressions from us. He said, look, I'm telling you the truth in my word. He said, when you come to me, you have a new life. That old life has passed away. And not only that, I'm not, I'm not thinking about all these things that you've done in your past and all that. I've separated it from as far as the east is from the west. It's, it's, it's gone. It's out of here. And we need to remember that in this, in this discipleship life. You know, we've committed to the Lord and, and we're, we're tempted or, or, you know, we make mistakes God says, look, I forgive you. I love you. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving forward with this. Lastly, here in, uh, in our DNA sequence, we got the, the, the letter A, which is something really exciting to me. And we're getting into our mission stuff here. And the letter A is ambassadors, ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians here, as we we're still in chapter 5, 18 um, to 21, beautiful scripture here. It says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So we were living a, a dead life and we've come to the Lord. We have a new life and now we have a new purpose. A new purpose. There's an old song that says, you gave me life, now show me how to live. And he does. And he's given us a new 
outlook in life. In uh, verse 18, you know, it says this is a gift from God, a gift from God. You know, God's the ultimate gift giver. I happen to know a couple good gift givers. And these people, they like should work for the CIA. You know, they analyze your every move. And, you know, it's well thought out. You know, you think about how well you know the person. You know what they like, what they need. And you go out of the way and you pay a price. And you don't care how much it costs because you really love them. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. And at just the right time, you give it to them. Then they throw it aside and they move on to the next one, right? That's usually how it goes. <laughs> but that's what God's done for us. You know, I was talking to the, the youth and, and I asked, how many here chose to be born? And nobody put up their hand because no, none of us chose to be born. We just showed up here one day making a mess. And, but God, in his love and his foreknowledge, he made a way. He made a way for us to be reconciled with him. Reconciled is a powerful word. And it means to get back in harmony with. It means to take two differences and, and make a union from them. And um, have you ever had a fight with somebody? You know, a falling out? You know, I'm not going to ask with your spouse. We're trying to keep a peaceful night here. But that you know, with family and stuff like that, like it cuts you deep, you know, it really can throw you off when, when these things happen. You know, you have, you know, if you said things that you regret, you have the regret and the shame and just the brokenness about it. And ultimately just the pain, you know, the pain and and family stuff and it cuts deep, you know, but when you're reconciled with that person, what an awesome feeling that is. You know, to get back in harmony with that person. You know, the slate has been wiped clean and we're all good. We're ready to move on. It's, it's the best, right? And that's what happens with the Lord. When we come to him, all that just pain and shame and brokenness that we have, it gets wiped clean. It gets wiped clean when we come back in harmony with God. Since we're born in sin, we, we, we're not born with harmony from God. We need to come to him. We need to come to him. And it's not until we're right with him that we're reconciled with him. And, and through our faith in him and the way he's made for us to be right with him, our repentance and our turning to him, then we have harmony with him. And to be in that place with God is exactly what we've been created for. It's the cure of thousands of years of being apart from God. It's the cure of all our fears and our worries, and our faults, and our wicked ways. It's the cure. And that's the message we live for and bring to the world. Be reconciled with God. Come back to God. Come back to God. That's, he's given us that as our purpose, as, our, as how we're supposed to live on this mission. Is Our message is come back to God. Come back to God. No matter where you're at, no matter where you've been, if you don't have any knowledge of him, come to God. Be reconciled with him. And that's not just our message, as it says here. It's Jesus's message to us and to the world. That's his message. That's the whole reason Jesus came here to make a way, because God said, come back to me. Come back to me. Be reconciled with me. 
come back. And we get to be ambassadors. Ambassadors. We get to be representatives of this message and our awesome God and his incredible life-changing message. We are acting in Jesus' stead. We are here. We are the church. We are his body. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're empowered to do this. And we're out here to spread his love and that message of come back to God. I just want to finish with this quick uh, as well, too. There were some ambassadors in the Bible. You know, they were wise men, three wise men. And um, they were actually magi. They were like ambassadors. And not only did they, were they looking for a king, but they represented a nation. They represented a people to keep watch for a king. And what's really interesting about that, you can leave that up uh, for a second if you want, please. And what's really interesting about that is that these men who came from the east, they would have heard about this from an old ancient magi from where they're from named Daniel. Daniel taught this group of magis that, hey, one day the king is going to come. Keep your heads up. Keep your eyes up because there is a king coming. And not only... Are we ambassadors out there saying, come back to God? We are a people who are keeping our heads up, knowing that the king is coming back. We're out there following the light. We're keeping our heads up and saying, there's a king coming again. Be reconciled to God because there's a king coming again. And there is a king coming again. Amen? Amen. There is a king coming again. Just lastly here, we'll we'll finish up with this. It says 2 Corinthians um, 6 verse 1. As God... As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Don't delay. Time is flying by. We're October 1st tomorrow, 2023. The future is uncertain. Nobody knows the day or hour their life here ends. No one knows the day or hour a loved one will be lost. No one knows the day or hour the rapture will take place. Jesus is coming. He's coming back to take his family, his bride, his church home. Before this world goes through the most treacherous time in the history of the world. Matthew 24, 21, 22. You can read that. It says that this time will be unlike any other time. We are heading towards the greatest catastrophe in human history. The end of this age. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to commit to the Lord. Today is the day to engage him and say, I'm ready to live a new life in you, Jesus. I'm ready for the old life to fade away and to take on not only a new life, but a mission of serving you and being an an ambassador for you, God, sharing this message and living this life. I love working here. I love being here. My job, I think, is just to point you to him, to point you to him. You know, that you would come to know the living God on your own, that you would follow him by your own will, with your own heart, and that you would know for yourself that walking with God every day is what we've been created for. 
Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for your great love. We thank you for your great love, Lord. We thank you that you thought of us, Lord, that you created us, that you've made a way for us to live with you, God, to know you, God, not to just live in darkness and brokenness and, and die and fade away into a, to a black eternity, God, but God, you've, you've called us and you've made a way and you've put a plan, God, for us to, to live eternally with you here and now and forever, God. God, just um, lift up each heart here, God, to you, that you would speak, Lord, speak through your word, and that you would draw people. As you did 2,000 years ago, you'd be calling here today, come back to me, come to me. My burden is light, would you come to me, God? And I pray that each one here would consider this message, God, that they would consider where they're at. Am I a disciple? Am I ready to commit to give my all to you, Father? We thank you that it is the greatest treasure and honor and joy to do that, God. We thank you. Would you bless each one? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys.